Hello, everyone. You are tuned in to CK Huddle, the podcast that unpacks and simplifies complex money, accounting, and tax topics that impact the bottom line. I'm Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and my co-host is Eric Pierre, CPA. We are practicing CPAs with a knack for translating tax and accounting topics into a language that is easily understood. This podcast is for everyone, working professionals, household managers, retirees, business owners, professional athletes, boomerangs, college students, and yes, you. It's time to increase your money management IQ, so let's huddle up. Welcome everybody to our podcast. My name is Ignatius L. Jackson, CPA, and I'm here with my good buddy, Eric Pierre, CPA. How you doing? This is an exciting new podcast we've created and curated uh, for black CPAs or by black CPAs talking about topics that are important to small business owners, individuals, high net worth individuals, athletes, et cetera, et cetera. And we're all, we're both really excited to get into this and start talking through some things. Purpose of today's show is we're going to talk about our history of becoming a black CPA, why others in the profession needed to hear this podcast or why we feel like this podcast is needed. And then we're also going to touch on an organization that we're both a part of called the National Society of Black CPAs. That's really helping to shed light on where we stand in in this country in terms of equity and inclusion of black CPAs in the profession, as well as uh, why it's important to us to kind of have it there. So, hey, Eric, what do you got to say about all this, man? I'm excited. I'm looking forward to be part of this uh, podcast and, you know, looking forward to growing it and also just to give our community, you know, a voice that, you know, we don't really have a voice from perspective of black CPAs, you know, and some people may say that, you know, I don't see color and all that, but being a black CPA, for those of you listening to the show, as you listen to the show, you'll see that we do have a little bit of a different journey. We do have a unique experience in the industry and we look forward to sharing it with you and hopefully that you end up feeling more educated and you're more open-minded to doing business with us or at least allowing us to consult your businesses and your personal finances. So I look forward to being part of this, what I believe is going to be a long journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is just the first of many shows. You know, we're going to have guests come on the show, kind of chat with us about some things. we got a couple uh, awesome topics and things of that nature lined up for you guys. Uh, we really hope you'll enjoy this. Uh, like Eric said, we really feel like there's a void out there in the marketplace for a podcast, you know, by black CPAs, for, you know, diverse business owners, for people that kind of look like us out there in the community. And, you know, we really think this podcast is going to be phenomenal. So I don't know, Eric, you want to just kick us off with the kind of tell us a little bit about your history and you sure. know, how you became a CPA? Sure. I'll talk about how I became a CPA. So in case you missed my name, my name is Eric Pierre. I am currently a CPA. I am licensed in California, Texas. How I became a CPA is uh, pretty simple. You know, growing up, uh, I'm I'm six foot eight, so I yes, I did play basketball, and I wound up playing professional basketball very, uh, very briefly in my life. But in high school, I was shooting baskets in my backyard, and you know, working on my Akimelajon Dream Shake, and you know, trying to dunk and uh, all that fun stuff. And one day, my dad sees me in the backyard, and he says, "Son." We got a problem. I said, what? He said, son, I've not received any letters from Roy Williams, who was the coach at Kansas at the time, Dean Smith, Carolina, Mike Krzyzewski. said, I have no calls from the NBA since at the time you could uh, go straight to the NBA draft. 
from high school. We're not getting any letters. ESPN's not, you know, covering you. So uh, in case this doesn't work out, you may want to start thinking about what your major is going to be in college. So I was like, all right. So my father is a CPA. He was not a practitioner. So I did a research paper on accounting in, in high school. And what I liked was that it basically said that we would always have employment. I says, okay, well, fine. I'm pretty good at math and I want to be able to stay employed. So I'll choose accounting. And that's how I chose accounting. And then I went to Stephen F. Austin, majored in accounting, uh, got to intern with Deloitte. And then they hired me full-time in 03. And you know, what was crazy was that, you know, right before I had a chance to um, start with Deloitte, I actually had a chance to uh, try out for a pretty good sized professional basketball team in Europe that would have paid me probably two to three times as much as Deloitte. And I got scared. And what I know now that I didn't know then was that, you know, with our apply to black CPAs, that out of college, my odds are higher being drafted in the NBA lottery than being a partner as a black CPA. Had I known that back then, I would have gone and tried out, but I didn't. So I said, well, I gave this firm my word and my word is bond. And I had a colleague that played football. Deloitte let him try for the Kansas City Chiefs. He didn't make it, gave him his job. And I didn't know I could have done the same thing. So I uh, worked at Deloitte, didn't last very long, worked a couple of years. Then I worked for uh, McDermott and Abbott Laboratories, passed the exam in 2006 in the state of Texas. And then after working another decade in the industry, I realized I was hitting my glass ceiling and I wanted better relationships with my colleagues. So I started Pierre Accounting. It was a side business on March 24, 2014. And then when I left my last corporate job, I moved to California and San Diego, opened our uh, first two offices there in San Diego and LA, where they're still open today. And then in 2018, we opened our office in Austin, Texas. And this year I'm now a Texas resident for tax purposes because of lockdowns in California. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think the other thing I say about my history is that I don't know what I was doing one day. I was on tax Twitter. I had heard about tax Twitter and someone told me about it one day. So I looked at the hashtag. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the best thing. I can nerd out as a CPA, talk trash and, and not lose my reputation. So I joined in. I found Ignatius on tax Twitter. I started finding other CPAs to network with. And then before I know it, I'm being interviewed by organizations like Forbes, Magazine, Bloomberg Tax, Law 360. And I'm here today. So that's basically my story. Awesome. Awesome. Great story, Eric. Like you, I was, you know, I'd spent some time at Deloitte as well. So, you know, we're going to get into my story a little bit as well, but uh, yeah, tax Twitter is interesting. And like you said, we did meet on tax Twitter connected on there. I kind of introduced you to the national society of black CPAs as well. And uh, you know, we've been just kind of connecting ever since you know, chatting through some client issues, things like that, you know, oh, absolutely. giving each other some advice and perspective. So that's what it's all about. You know, at the end of the day, we've got to help each other out. When there's not that many of us, you got to help each other out, right? So I just want to tell the audience, you know, about you before you tell the story that, you know, you're really passionate about the industry. And, you know, Ignatius is one of my go-tos behind the scenes particularly on uh, tax compliance items on complex organization setups. 
with uh, LLCs, S-Corp and C-Corps. He's my go-to. Those of you that are working with him, you should appreciate this guy because uh, someday some of y'all may, may not be able to afford this guy. Do not mistreat him. Yep, I hear you. Now that you've told me about yourself, I guess I'll tell everybody a little bit about my story. A little bit different than yours. You know, I was not a, a superstar athlete or anything like that. You know, I'm only 6'2", not 6'8", so, you know, I can't really dunk or anything like that. But I've always been more of a school-focused, kind of laser-focused on getting my career right. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. I'm licensed in Arizona. I got my license in 2012, and I have had my firm since then operating and doing various tasks for people. But when I started my career, I went to Arizona State University, got my degree in accounting, and, you know, I was one of maybe three black people in the whole school of business, almost uh, in the accounting program specifically, but the whole school of business, probably, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people that I knew in the whole school of business. It was very, very small minority population uh, within the Arizona State University. But the interesting thing is the ASU's accounting program was top 10 in the nation. It was like, I, I want to say can't remember exactly. It's definitely top 10 in the nation though. It was a super prestigious program. And so I was very fortunate to get in it. I'm I'm not even going to lie. And I I had a lot of great opportunities and I was really fortunate to be in that program. But that catapulted me into, you know, starting my career at KPMG, the big four, one of the big four accounting firms. And I was there for about five years. And the main reason why I think like you, I mean, when I look around at the leadership within the big four, there are no black CPAs really. And so as I was progressing through my career, I was really focused initially. I did not take the CPA exam initially, which I think is a a huge mistake on my part. I should have, and I definitely recommend that to most people, which is why we're doing that for the National Society of Black CPAs, trying to get people to pass the exam before they even start working. Mm -hmm. But I started working, I just didn't have time to take it. So I was working probably 70, 80 hours a week on average at KPMG. You're making 45000 a year when I started. When I left five years later, I was still only making like 50000 a year. So during that whole time, I only got 5000 more in income. And I finally just said, you know what? I'm done with this. A part of my struggle was when I started. I started right when that 2008 recession started. So I graduated college in 2007 and I started that uh, September. Well, if everybody knows back in 2008, bam, the market just collapsed. And so my start group was about 24 strong when I started. By the end of the first year, it was down to 12. By the end of the second year, it was down to six of us. So somehow I survived all those cuts, all right, which just speaks to, you know, like like I said, my performance and the fact that I kind of get stuff and that I was doing a good job. So they wanted to keep me around. But then eventually I just got so burnt out and I had to kind of make a change. So I tried to go to another firm, Deloitte, so where you where you kind of started your career. Um, and I was there for a year and again, just didn't necessarily work out. And then I went over to Century Construction Group, where doing financial reporting in the industry perspective, trying that out, seeing if I might like doing that. But then the day I got bored, you know, it was a nice cushy job. I was making, you know, 120, 130,000 a year after all my bonuses and everything but it was so nice and cushy. It just didn't really feel like I was doing anything advantageous to the community. You know, I really wanted to provide, you know, some advice and guidance 
And so that's when I said, you know what, I'm going to stop doing my firm on the side. I was kind of doing it on the side as I was working at the private company, Century Construction. Instead of that, let me go and do this full time. So I just burned off and started doing it full time. And that was about, let's see, almost two and a half years ago now that I did that. And I can't even imagine how quickly the firm grew. Once you put your full effort into it, you're able to answer calls all hours of the day. You're able to respond quickly to messages, things like that. The firm just really blew up and they, it really grew. And so I've been doing that for, like I said, the last two and a half years, and it's been really, really successful and really, really awesome. And I'm excited that I did it. Um, I can tell you, I will encourage anyone who is thinking about becoming a CPA to do it. It is a license to print money almost, all right? I mean, you, you, your earnings potential is as, as high as you want to take it. You know, if you can justify providing value to someone, you can charge them, you know, a, a, a lot of money. And it, it may not, it may make be $500 an hour. It may be $1,000 an hour. It just kind of depends on what it is, the value provided. You know, if you're able to save someone $20,000 by putting a strategy into place and you get a couple thousand of that, what's wrong with that? So, I mean, there's a lot of great benefits to being a CPA. I really do encourage people to do it and go down that path. If that's something that, you know, they are thinking about or considering, and we're going to touch on that a little bit more later, I'm sure, in, in some more detail. But that's a little bit about my story and my history and why, you know, I became a black CPA is because I saw the earnings potential. I saw what the firms were making off of me and paying me peanuts. And I wanted to be that owner that was making all that money and having staff work for me and, you know, kind of making me some money as I'm sleeping at night. So. You know, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing your story. Your salary, it's funny. I started with 45000 in 2003, but by my second year at Deloitte, I made more than what you made in year five. And that was in 2004. And if you did this uh, CPI index, I was way ahead of you living in, in Houston. And that's how bad the economy was in 08. You know, because when they recruited us, they used to, they put us in limos. They put us in a Four Seasons Hotel. I feel bad for you that, you know, by the time you graduated, there was, you know, we took all the fun from you, man. You did. You did. You, so you were there during the Sox, Sarbanes-Oxley era. Oh, yeah. Where they had free reign. They did. They, oh, they, spent they could build however they wanted. Whatever they wanted. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm so old. Arthur Anderson was around. <laughs> they, they recruited me and uh, I wanted to work for them because, at every college town, Anderson would take their recruits to the best restaurant in your town. You know, we used to have a, a restaurant called the Californian in Nacogdoches. This is big mansion on the hill. It was this fancy restaurant. They took us there. And, you know, they, they like to have their shenanigans. The woman wore a pair of jeans to interview us while wearing suits to mess with us. And at the end of the interview, she said, you know, I really like you. I think you'd be a great fit in our culture, but you need another semester in school. Well, the next semester, Enron happened in my hometown of Houston, and that was that. I was this close to being with Anderson, and they, my life may have been different in a positive or negative way, I'm not sure, but probably negative what, what happened. Right. This is crazy timing. It is. It is. It is. And and had I joined at a different time, you, you never know. My, maybe my compensation would have been a little better. Maybe I would have decided to stick around a little bit longer. I don't know. You just never really know. But, yeah, I, I think ultimately – 
everything happens for a reason, right? Yeah. And so ultimately my career path progressed in a way that I'm, I'm happy about it. You know, I, I learned a lot during those five years at KPMG. I learned a ton and it really set me up to really know what I'm talking about, what I'm doing right now, having my own firm. And so I think it was a great experience either way. So I'm, I'm happy to have experienced it. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for the big four too. I was only there for two years, but, you know, it gave me such a leg up, particularly on, you know, professionalism and how to talk to clients. And uh, my first senior, Karen Bordis, who I'm still in contact with, she used to get on me for everything. Even I saw her a couple of years ago for her birthday party in Houston. She told me I used to wear this ugly jacket to the office and then she used to scream at me about it. So <laughs> she helped me uh, improve my address and my demeanor. And so, you know, that training that they used to give, I don't know if it's quite the same one, but back when we were around, that training was second to none. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, too. They usually did it in some fun location. I think we did training every year in Florida, like Universal Studios or Disney World or something like that, where, you know, they let you go, they buy out the whole park and just yeah. like, go have oh, fun yeah. for the night. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I got, I got stories I can't say on air. I get in trouble. <laughs> So now that we kind of told a little bit about our story, I mean, let's let's talk about why we want to do this podcast. I mean, you know, we we started talking about this a few weeks ago and we were like, man, we really should, you know, think about doing this podcast. I think it'd be great. We didn't really see anybody else out there in the space doing kind of what we're thinking about doing here. And so we really thought there was a void. But I don't know, Eric, just tell me a little about your thoughts and why you think this is important to do. Well, for me, I noticed that and unless I didn't do an exhaustive search to so forgive me, I didn't really see any black CPAs doing this. And, you know, in our industry, the people that I know that in accounting should do podcasts are, are Caucasians and some are real good. Some are people I know personally, they're, and they're really good at what they do. But I noticed in their programs, oftentimes, except for, you know, guys like John Garrett, you know, who you should follow. He has a very, you know, good, diverse crowd a lot of us are not brought on to talk about these things. And, you know, you and I both know black, some black CPAs that are very wealthy, that are extremely successful, that, you know, they don't advertise their stuff out there and they're incredibly sharp and they're influential. And I want people to see that, you know, we're, we're just as good as our white counterparts. And especially most people don't even notice. I learned this from a white professor. There's enough evidence out there that black people actually invented accounting in Egypt when we built the pyramids. Mm. And so I just wanted to have a voice. And then I did podcasting a few years ago and I enjoyed it, but I just didn't have a good partner at the time. And I told people, if you want to look at it, it's called trading dimes for dollars. And so I used to talk to guests all the time. And then I started growing my firm. And I said, someday I'll do this. I need to have a real co-host. And now I'm back. And so I'm excited about it. And, you know, we will have people that are not black on this program, by the way, but mm. Just want to have a. I like to find people that look like me and go through what I go through that I can relate with to learn from. Just as much as that, you know, I, you know, at my practice, you know, we have a very mixed group. Our firm is so mixed that most of our team are in interracial marriages. So I get to see the whole world every day. Awesome. And so I get to see the world in my firm. But when it comes to the podcasting, I wasn't seeing the world. And now I want to bring the world to our community. I agree with you hundred percent, man. 
this would be my first time, you know, doing something like this, doing a little podcast. But as you know, and everyone can see out there, I do do a lot of videos and I do a lot of educational materials and workshops and things of that nature. And so I'm really just trying to spread the knowledge. And, you know, ultimately the key to this podcast to me is a nice place where we can talk through some issues and some things with my ultimate goal in life is to decrease or improve upon however you want to talk about that, the wealth gap that's in this country. So we have the ability, you know, as people that look like us in order to, if we change our mindset and we do things a little bit differently, then we can most certainly make a big dent in this wealth gap that's in this country. It's in our power. We have the ability to do it. We just have to be willing to do the things that are necessary to get the job done. And so, you know, I want to kind of provide that education, that opportunity that people can, you know, really take some key takeaways from these podcast shows on things they could do to change their lives. And ultimately, if we can try to change people's lives and, you know, make them, you know, um, do things for the better to help their families, to help that generational wealth, you know, really develop in our community. I think that's really the ultimate goal that I kind of have for doing something like this. So to me, that's why this is really important. You know, we, we oftentimes will hear things from people, but we may not necessarily trust it. And so, you know, hopefully hearing it from someone that looks like you, that does everything that we're talking about on a daily basis, hopefully that will give people a little more trust to be able to maybe make some of those changes and, uh, you know, have us help them do it. And at the same time as well, if they don't have anybody who's currently on their team to help them do it. So, yeah. So I think there's a lot of great opportunity for this podcast and it's very much needed. Uh, I agree with you. I didn't really identify a similar podcast that's out there that's kind of touched on these, these topics that we're planning on talking about. Right. I mean, you know, there are other black finance professionals doing it, but not necessarily black CPA. So I just want to be very clear. So I don't want to offend my financial planners. And I have some black friends in LA that have a radio show, uh, but they're lenders. So they're not us. And so, you know, we bring a different perspective and, you know, we plan on hopefully bringing those guys, some of those people on our program so you can see how we all should be working together. And you mentioned the wealth gap. Just this is what's crazy about the wealth gap between blacks and whites. In 1865, right after the Civil War, during Reconstruction, blacks owned one half or one percent of the wealth. That number has not changed. It is the same number today. So we've had this illusion of progress. Everybody tells us, oh, We've done so much better because we have people like Oprah, LeBron, and Robert Smith, and Damon John. And despite all those people, Blacks or African Americans own one half of 1% of the wealth today. And a lot of it is because there's simple things that we are not doing that other ethnic groups are doing. And so, yes, systematic racism, but like an example is, a lot of our black families don't even set up basic life insurance or that that's how you can transfer tax-free wealth as an example. And, and we'll have an episode where we talk about these things. And so this is why we're here is to help elevate our people. And yes, other people will hear it, but if uh, those of you not black, I hope you understand that we are here to help our people. We're also here to help you. And we are here doing something about it. And so we hope that you support us and encourage it and know that 
you know, we're more than just an at- we're more than just athletes and entertainers. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I, I want to take one step back real quick because we really didn't explain what is a CPA. Uh, I think that's important for us to touch on this. Okay, so a certified public accountant is what a CPA is. What that means is we have passed an exam, and let me just tell you, this exam is difficult to pass, okay? It's evolved over the years. It used to be an exam you would take over a weekend, you know, go to a place in your state and they put you in a room with a bunch of other CPAs or or potential CPAs. You take that exam all in one sitting over a weekend, okay? And you had to kind of pass all the parts in order to become a CPA. Well, now it's evolved and changed to where it's four parts and you can take them at different times, but you have 18 months basically to pass all four parts. But what that means is because they give you longer time to pass it, they have so much more material that they put into this darn thing. And so it's a very complicated test to pass. I would absolutely put it up there. If not harder, definitely equal with the bar exam. I would still say the medical exams, the MCATs and stuff like that is probably more difficult than it. Because that's, you're talking about the human body, right? That's, That's a whole nother ball game. But I definitely think it's, if not harder, definitely right equal lockstep with the bar exam. And so it, it's a very complicated test to pass. And so that's what a CPA is. You know, we pass this exam and then we have to do continued education each year. We have to continue to renew our license and we're held to a, a higher standard. Okay. You're going to hear some things on this podcast about things that people say, you know, strategies that people tell people to do. They're flat out false and it's misinformation. Okay. You know, CPAs can't tell you misinformation. That's why, you know, because we can lose our license from giving bad advice, all right? So you, you can generally trust a little bit more what you're hearing from a CPA. That said, don't get me wrong. There are some CPAs out there who don't know what they're talking about also. <laughs> but you do have to be a little bit careful and making sure you got a good one. But that's what a CPA is. And that's why we feel like it's important to hear this information directly from you know, CPAs, more specifically black CPAs to kind of look like us, because there's a lot that to be learned and a lot to be said, and it's coming from a trusted advisor. That's what they usually say, right? The CPA is a trusted business advisor. Every business needs an accountant to whatever level. If you decide you don't need a CPA, you still need some kind of an accountant to help you with your taxes, with your bookkeeping, with your payroll, whatever it might be. So that's what a CPA is. We kind of have the ability to do a lot of different things. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Eric. I, th- I think you nailed it. And, um, you know, with a CPA, you know, integrity is, is the, uh, as the AICPA said, integrity is our distinguishing mark. And, you know, we can be held liable for the things that we say and do. So, uh, you know, as you're listening, if you see a TikTok video, you're not sure. Like, let me give you an example. There have been a lot of TikTok videos saying that if you open an LLC, you don't have to pay taxes. You can ride for your entire lifestyle. We can both tell you right now, that's absolute false bullshit. <laughs> Sorry, mom, for cussing. <laughs> that's entirely false. Uh, I've seen another series where you can have an S corporation up. You don't have to pay any taxes. That's not true, too. We probably need to do a podcast debunking some of these videos out there. I um I actually did have a conversation with a guy that has 700,000 followers putting false information. We had a 
a very uh, spirited conversation. I don't I don't want to say his name to embarrass him, but he did agree to tone down some of that stuff. And you know, and what's sad is that he's not a CPA and he's charging two hundred fifty dollars an hour for thirty minute consults, and he's getting a lot of consults. And we can barely get people to pay us, what, $150 an hour, $200 an hour? Oh, people think that if we charge more than $100 for a tax return, yeah. we're expensive. But some guy that's not an expert because he's a good-looking brother, they'll, they'll gladly give him $500 for an hour of his time. I, I don't understand it. I don't either, man. I don't either. <laughs> I hear you. Well, all right. So let's talk about National Society of Black CPAs. This is kind of the last topic we want to touch on for this first initial podcast. You know, we're both members of the group. It's a it's a newer group. It's designed to basically be laser focused on increasing the number of black CPAs. So we talked about what a CPA is. Now that test is very complicated to pass. Less than 1% of all the CPAs in the United States are black CPAs. Okay. There's about 700,000 CPAs in the U.S. All right. And the best numbers we have is we think it's somewhere around 5,000 CPAs are black. I'm sorry, but I don't even think we have 5,000 black CPAs. I agree with you. I think it's more like, like you said, maybe 3,000 or something lower than that, just based off of our communications with each other. You know, we, we don't see that there's that many black CPAs out there. And so we really do think it's, it's lower than that. And so less than 1% of all CPAs are black CPAs. And that's the whole point of this National Society of Black CPAs. We're really trying to refresh that and improve that statistic, get it closer to our overall population in the country. I think we make up about 13% yeah. overall population in the country in terms of black people in the country. So that's that's a huge gap between less than 1% up to 13%. That's a lot of CPAs that we have to make. So that's the importance of the National Society of Black CPAs. I'm happy to be a part of it. I actually serve as the treasurer currently for the National Society of Black CPAs. And, you know, I really encourage everyone, we're doing a My CPAs Black campaign right now for Black History Month, and really encourage you to go to mycpaisblack.com and order a t-shirt and support us. If you have a Black CPA, absolutely, you should be wearing one of those shirts around. Tell everybody why you have a Black CPA, why you think it's important to have a Black CPA to help you out. Help us to really increase the importance of Black CPAs in the country so that we can kind of get a seat at the table. We can do the things that we need to do to improve the profession and hopefully, you know, change things for the better. Cause we, we definitely need more people out there to help service all the businesses that are out there, all the individuals that are out there that need help with their tax situation, with their accounting situations, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you have to add to that, Eric? I absolutely agree. I'm a, I'm a proud member. I'm not on any boards right now. I know I've taught some uh, entrepreneurial tracks with you uh, last year. And that was a great experience. You know, just overall, we need more black CPAs because right now the accounting industry, we're, we're starting to have a, a brain drain where we're seeing a lot of older CPAs retire, less and less students are choosing accounting to major. So uh, as their major, so now we have real opportunity to make a difference, not only in our community, but in our country where in about five, I'm going to say about 10 years from now, there's going to be a real shortage of CPAs. There's many reasons why, but if we don't do something now, not only is our industry going to not have no talent, but as black accountants, we may make ourselves extinct. And that's something that we can't afford to do. I agree. 
what you talked about in terms of not having the pull there to take over these clients, I think that's why my firm grew so quickly. There's a lot of older CPAs here in Phoenix, and I don't see too many younger CPAs here in the Valley trying to do what I'm doing, you know, have their own firm, help people out, things of that nature. And I get calls every week. Hey, my CPA passed away or, Hey, my CPA retired, looking for a new one, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's just a really interesting time right now. And that, again, I definitely encourage people, if you're not currently one and you are interested, definitely come check us out. National Society of Black CPAs, join us and uh, help us to achieve our objectives and our goals. And if you don't want to join us, maybe contribute, do a little donation or you know, get a My CPA's Black t-shirt and support us that way. So a lot of different ways that you can help out being a mentor to people who are studying for the exam as well. If you're currently a CPA, there's a lot of different things that you can do to really help each other out. All right. Well, I think that's all we wanted to cover on today's podcast. Um, yeah. So let me just talk through a couple stories that we kind of have, a couple, couple topics that will be coming up in the future. You know, so some of the things we wanted to touch on is self-directing your retirement, opportunity zones, yes. paying your kids. Mm-hmm. How do you get audited by the IRS and how do you avoid that, right? Pricing of accounting and tax services, real estate taxes, flipping, renting, wholesaling, talking about some of those truths and, and myths and that out there. Income taxes, you know, uh, where do you live and whether you get to, you know, pay a different tax for a particular state. Um, so like you said, you relocated to Texas. Texas has no income tax. Right, so that's that's a nice benefit of having a residence in Texas. But what does it mean when you actually go do work other places? Do you have to go pay taxes in those other places? So we're going to talk about all those types of topics. Taxes for athletes. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of athletes out there, especially athletes that look like us. Yeah. And I don't know how many of them actually use black CPAs to help them with their stuff. And Not so, very many. In fact, we, yeah. you know, we, we just hired a former NFL player and, you know, he didn't know that someone like me existed. Uh, there you go. Mind him. You can see our video on our social media, but he didn't know that, you know, someone like me existed. So he would have hired you and I had he known that we were around back then. I can tell you that right now. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Other topics that are like really super relevant right now, PPP, Paycheck Protection Program, idle loans, CARES Act type funding. We're going to touch on a lot of those types of topics. So stay tuned, check us out. We got links to our social medias, to our websites, everything. You're going to see that in this podcast. By all means, check us out. Let us know if we can help you with anything. Both Eric and I are available. Our firms are available to assist taking on new clients and we can help you no matter where you are in the country. So we do services for people in all states, all all over the country. Um, You don't have to have a CPA that's right down the street anymore. You know, we got Zoom we could do. We got internet where you can send documents securely through portals, things like that. So we definitely encourage you to reach out, set up a consultation with one of us if you, you know, want to talk about your business or whatever a little bit. And we're more than happy to help you out. So we are also open to sponsors. If you like our content and you're interested in being supporting us, we would definitely entertain that. We would love to have you all partner with us and it's going to be a great show in just a legacy changer uh, in our country. So don't be afraid of being part of this, this ride. We don't discriminate. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, that's the end of our first podcast. Thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to CPA Huddle. Add us to your listening rotation by subscribing wherever you get your podcast. Follow CPA Huddle across social media platforms.
And for more information about the services provided by our respective firms, please check us out at www.iljcpa.com and www.pierreaccounting.com. We will be back to huddle up soon.